Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. All right, we're going to talk leverage today in a way that we've talked about a little before, but also a little different because we're going to go deep. We've got uh, Elias, if you'd like to pronounce his name the correct way, but he says up here, it's okay for me to say Elias because he goes by either one. We have Elias Diaz, uh, uh, who's going to be here going deep into hiring VAs the first 90 days. So I'm Jesse Zagorski, uh, broker associate with eXp Realty down here in San Diego. And uh, this is our agent power huddle today is uh, we've had uh, uh, Elias on before. He is just a master when it comes to ramping up with virtual assistants. Truly, I think you've got it wired. So welcome, welcome. Elias, how are you? Jesse, I'm doing good. I actually just uh, flew back here from Florida last night. Landed really late and got so I'm doing good. I'm, I'm ready and back at it. I'm back home in the Pacific Northwest. So awesome. Good. Yeah. awesome. I love it. All right. So, so <clears throat> how did you get to be, let's give you a little framework on who you are in your background. How did you get to be so experienced working with virtual assistants? What's, what's your background? Uh, I'd say what it really comes down to is just my business development background. Um, I started working with VirtuDesk now about a year ago. And really what it comes down to is no matter what either product or service you're using, it's all about helping the client out and understanding the their needs and helping them figure out how they can either reach a goal um, or just, you know, cover, cover, fix a problem. So when coming and working for virtue desk and learning about virtual assistants and realizing that especially realtors need so much help with you know not spreading themselves too thin because everyone knows that if you spread yourself too thin you're going to not be efficient um i think that's really what helped in that part i have about 10 years in both sales marketing experience just overall business development and so identifying Look, everybody, even if you're, you know, independent business owner, whether you're with a corporation, everyone's going to have the same needs at one time or another. It's just right now your needs might be more focused on sales and generating leads, or your needs might be more focused on marketing and trying to grow your brand. There's always going to be those needs for any business though, no matter what. It totally makes sense. And guys, if you don't know the company he's referencing, which is VirtuDesk, they are a virtual assistant staffing company. So the things we're going to talk about today will apply to you regardless of whether you are sourcing your own VAs or going through a company. The reason I like VirtuDesk is not only do they have really knowledgeable people like Elias, but they, they help you um, they just help you find better talent quickly. So anyway, that, that's that's where we're, where, we're, uh, where we're starting. So g- give me this first 90 day game plan, right? Because regardless of where you find your, your, your virtual assistant, you have to start somewhere. And I think it's one of the most intimidating pieces for a lot of people is, okay, I got someone. What do I do now? Tell me about the first 90 days. You know, the first 90 days, a lot of people really get worried about that. They trip on it. And I always tell them don't because think about it. Even if you were hired here, you know, think about when you're starting your career, even later on, you're always going to give normally. I mean, I, I would hope the employee kind of like a 90 day period. And the reason why you give them a 90 day period is because really that first month is acquisition. Okay. You're going to be sharing with them the systems and process that you wanted to have in place. Okay. To reach the common goal. That second month is going to be implementation. After the first month, you've already showed them, Hey, this is what I want done. This is what I need to have done. Now you're implementing it. And then the third month is going to be 
review. That's where you're going to see if, you know what, I don't need to continue with this anymore, or you know what, everything's fixed. I, I have already fixed what I needed to have done. Um, so really, that's what I say, acquisition, implementation, and review. And the reason this is important is because you really need to realize that just because you're bringing someone on board, you know, and we, we never guarantee the experience level, but we do give you professionals, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to work how your business is, you know, it's an assistant, it's a reflection of you and how you run your business. So I'll give you an example. My sales team, uh, we actually had virtual assistants. So I have both American consultants as well as um, um, Filipino, Filipina consultants as well for our team at the corporate office. And one of my virtual assistants at the time, well, he, he was a virtual assistant. He got promoted to the corporate team, became one of our um, corporate sales consultants, but he had 20 years of sales experience. So did I have to train him? Well, of course, because I was put in my position to do things a certain way, to reach a certain goal. And so all I really had to do on the training aspect was train him how I wanted things to be done. Okay. I still needed to make sure that the core was there. After that, I had no problem. I could, I could let the reins go, but I was able to identify, you know, this is what I need done. And I was able to use his background and apply it to myself. And so he was able to bring some things to the table as well. The more we worked together, the more he saw how I worked and the more he saw how I wanted things done, he could then give me his two cents. And that's what I loved. Um, just realize it's, it's people, you know, you're working virtual, but it's still people. And I think sometimes just the public don't always think about it that way, right? It's just right. think of it as someone right there working with you. And and when you uh, let's go to the review process, right? Because I want to dive into that because that's the part where it makes sense when you say it, right? But how does it look in reality with with tasks in the in the real estate world? Like, well, what is it? How do you set it up? What do you do if someone's never like Lisa just put in the chat box? You know, she said in every corporate job she's had, there's a ninety day period of training and then review. Some of us have never had corporate jobs, right? I mean, I, I did, but some people never had. So if you've never, especially some people have never run the review, what is it? How do you run that review? I would say running the review, you know, with us, the biggest. Oh, you're muted somehow. We lost you. There you okay, go. There we go. It's it. So here's what I would say with review, you know, with a virtual assistant, just with outsourcing, just overall, the ROI comes into the time you're saving, what you're doing with that time. So what I would do is examine your business right now, identify what your short-term goals are, either in the next three to six months, and then what your long-term goals are, um, then see how you want to achieve these goals. You know, um, you, you might not have any idea how you want to do it and that's okay. We have a lot of clients that'll come on board with a virtual assistant and they'll kind of grow with them, but let's just say you do have an idea. Okay. You either want to focus on marketing, you want to focus on sales, generating leads or following up with leads. What I would want you to do, okay, is see what you're doing now with your business. Okay. How, how many, um, how many meetings you're getting a week right now? How many, um, you know, contracts you're closing right now? How, how, how much, um, presence are you having with your followers on social media? And then look at where that is after the fact. Now, I understand that sometimes people will say, well, um, I have a virtual assistant and you know my numbers aren't, aren't where they should be. I say, okay, but maybe if you're looking at the numbers here, okay? So let's just say we have a client who never really utilized social media at all. They only really focused on some leads that they bought. Um, they were calling the leads, trying to set up appointments. And then they wanted to expand their social media presence. Well, the numbers might be the same for, for the sales and generating leads, but now 
you've actually grown your social media. So that's where the ROI would come in is you can review what has grown since I've brought on a virtual assistant versus what has stayed the same. And the reason I say this is because, for example, we had a client who had um, three different lead sources. Okay. She had social media. She had three different lead sources, but she was very busy. She wasn't able to connect with any of any of the leads that were coming in anymore because she was just so busy at that point, um, meeting with referrals and so on. But she still wanted to address those leads and she had new team members coming on board, but she, she didn't have that time. So she hired a virtual assistant. And the reason why she came to this point is because she took out one of the three marketing um, expenses for lead generation. She allocated those costs to a virtual assistant. That virtual assistant was then able to contact the two lead sources that she never had the time to do. That's where the ROI came in. The time that was saved, she never had the time to contact any of the three sources. Now she took away one, allocated those expenses, and they were able to actually contact the other two lead sources. So where the time was saved is where the ROI came in. That's how you can review it. I love it. All right, so those are the things you're reviewing is you have to have some sort of actually trackable metrics really based on where you, yeah. where you started. Um, during the 90 day period, I'm assuming there's, is there some structured training? Is it kind of, as it goes, how, how do you recommend people do the, uh, I mean, obviously it depends on the task, but how do you recommend people uh, set up their training program? Um, in terms of communicating, um, I would highly recommend you have a, a minimum this is at the minimum, you got to meet with your virtual assistant at least once a week. Now that that's bare minimum. And the reason I say this, because sometimes we've had clients that don't even really communicate with the virtual assistant once a week. Um, but I, I would personally recommend that you reach out every day. It's, it's another employee rights and it's an extension of you um, reach out every day. Um, we are going to always send start of day reports, end of day reports. Um, but the reason why I recommend keeping the communication open is because look, People are going to change. You want to have a structure at first, but especially if you're starting out or even if you've been doing this for a while, um, things are going to change. Look, times change. So maybe where is your structure today is one, two, and three. The next day, maybe A, B, and C. Okay. You want the virtual assistant to grow with you um, as you adapt, they'll adapt. When you say the structure changes, do you mean uh -huh. how often you're talking and what you're talking about or the, the nature of the tasks that they're doing? I'd say the nature of the tasks that they're doing. Okay. And, so, and, wa and walk me through an actual meeting. I mean, there might be people listening to this that are like, I'm just trying to ramp up with my first VA, right? Yeah. What do you, or, you know, I've had a VA, but I don't know if it's, it's, if it's working quite efficiently. What do you do during that meeting? Do you just say, Hey, how's it going? And stare at each other for 30 minutes? Or is there something yeah. more that you're like, walk no. me through it? Um, definitely. I mean, really just what, what you do. I mean, share with them what you do, what the task is you want to have accomplished. Um, I guess what I always tell people is don't, don't overthink it right? Think of it as if you're actually explaining it to someone in the office with you. Okay. If you were to hire someone, a personal assistant in the office, right next to your brick and mortar, share with them what you want done. Obviously um, in terms of structure, you know, if it's, if it's phone calls on the sales side of things, you'd want to set up a certain, you want to set up a goal, right? You have to have some type of goal. This is my goal. What I would say though, is make sure that it's realistic. You know, if you are an agent that right now is, I'm just going to throw out random numbers. Let's say you're only getting five meetings a week. Okay. And now you're all expecting your virtual assistant to do the same exact number of calls and outreach level output that you did. And now you're expecting to get 10 meetings a week. That's not really going to make sense. So with your goals, you do need to um, be realistic there. Um, having a structure is in terms of if you, if you want them to do outreach, like for leads, 
Um, you can have templates, you can have scripts. Um, I always recommend that when it comes to scripts or templates, if it's something that you say on a daily basis, have them do that. If you are already having success, I wouldn't have them just use a different script from somewhere you saw off the internet because you want them to really be you. You know, if, if they're going to be calling people or referrals or people that you've talked to in the past and now they sound completely different with what they say, it's going to throw people off. You want them to be an extension of yourself. So that's one thing is make it personalized. Make, make the onboarding process personalized. Okay. Because the more it is, think of, I mean, you're basically all the, the CEOs of your business at this point, right? Of your real estate business. So you really want to make it what, what sets you apart from your competition? What sets you apart from other um, just real estate agents out there? Well, it's your virtual assistant. That's how they're going to be. Yeah. I think that's the quote, guys. If you're taking notes, listening to this, you want them to be you. Yeah. Right? I think that that's the easiest way to think about it. Don't overthink it. I love that. All right. Um, common mistakes. You've addressed a few of them, but any other common mistakes that come up in that, in those first 90 days, typically other than not talking to them at all, which sounds like a terrible mistake. People, some people do make yeah. someone like, thank God it's done. Never, um, never do that, please. And, yeah. and it's just, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are other common mistakes that you see happening? Uh, really the big one is expectations. Okay. Um, when you come on board, you know, if, if you hire someone and, Sometimes I would say communication also. I think with the virtual assistant, especially, I mean, because you don't have that in-person element, you can't always see body language, everything. I think, I think over-communication is not a problem with the virtual assistant. Um, always just, what do you want done? If you want anything changed, bam. If you don't have the time, I get it, but text message, phone call, email, just, just keeping the communication line open. So um, expectations that are not met. This is a problem that I see common that I always connect with people on and kind of address their issues. They, they kind of go into what I said earlier. They'll say, I'm not getting the results that I believe I should be getting. And I said, well, what do you mean? So, well, I read this book or I, I, I read this article online and I said, okay, but I said, have you ever done it? I mean, we had a client one time who never did any cold calling ever, ever. They never did cold calling. They hired a virtual assistant. They had the virtual assistant read the book, do the process and they weren't getting the results. And I said, it's very difficult to measure the results off of your virtual assistant when you haven't ever done the tasks. Now, it's not saying they can't do it, but you also need to be realistic. If you've never done it yourself, it's something that you need to also grade yourself off of, okay? Now, they understood that and they actually started doing cold calls with the virtual assistant and realized that they were actually getting around the same numbers in terms of conversion to meetings and everything. Um, so I think that's the big one. That's probably the number one is um, expectations, mm. expectations versus reality. I, I think there's an interesting distinction that you're making, um, Elias, that uh, the sales side versus the back office side in terms of expectations, right? Because in the back office, they might be able to I mean, on the sales side, you really want someone to do something that you've already done that you can show them your expertise and how to do it on the back office side. I mean, it's such a more concrete thing. I feel like you don't need yeah. to be a master of paperwork to train someone on paperwork, but you do need to understand exactly. what a contract looks like. Do you agree with yeah. that? Yeah, I, I, I very much agree with that. And I think that's what's nice is like if they're in a role where they're calling somebody, I mean, look, they can they can slip up right there on the phone and make a mistake. Whereas if they're on the back office work, it's something that you can catch, you can review. So in some ways, like if they're doing more of the admin or marketing work, you can always do it, especially at first. And this is what I always tell people. This is another thing I should have said earlier. 
If it's anything in regards to marketing or like, you know, blog posts, email outreach, you can always review that before it's sent, especially at first when you're in the, the onboarding process, review it. I mean, that, that's, that's your time to do it. You know, they're doing it for you after you've worked with them some time. They're like, you know what? You're totally good. Send it out. Bam. Then you're good to go. But at first, if you want, you can review that always. That's that's the beauty of the, the back office admin work is it's not something that's right there because you can't always review someone right when they're on the phone calling prospects. So that's the plus of the admin side. Yeah, I, I love it. So we, do, we will just make those distinction between uh, both sides because I feel like you, you treat them similarly but slightly different. Uh, Lisa has an interesting question. Do you still do quarterly reviews after the initial 90 days? Or how often do you review performance with the VA, you know, one-on-one out and... Well, there's a second question, I guess. How often do you review performance with the VA one-on-one outside of those weekly meetings? Um, I love that question. And I'm going to give you the answer that I've actually just done throughout my career. Because what I've done in my career, I apply to my virtual assistants. So I know you said, Jesse, that not everyone's had a corporate job. You know, a lot of people maybe haven't. But if they have, or even if they've worked with other non-corporate jobs, whatever skills that they have, apply it to your VA. So for example, um, when I manage people in my previous role, I always have a team meeting every week. Okay. I also have a one-on-one meeting with each of my team members. All right. I also have a second team meeting every Friday. So Mondays I have, I have a phone call in the morning, Friday. I have a, um, a video, like a video meeting, a webinar with them. Okay. And then I do one-on-one meetings. Now I also reach out to them every day. The reason I'm bringing this up though, is because I want the communication line open. So that's what I would do myself when it comes to a quarterly meeting. Yeah, I would definitely do a quarterly meeting. But on top of that, I would do a weekly meeting. Maybe maybe have it where on a Monday, for example, you just you can do what I do. I mean, just have have like a a normal little phone call where, hey, you know what? We're going to discuss what we're going to do for the week. We're going to discuss what we accomplished last week and what we're going to be doing moving forward. Okay, then you can just kind of reach out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Hey, what's going on now? Our team, we're going to give you start of day reports, end of day reports anyways. But then on a Friday, you know, if you have the time, if time permits, you can have another meeting follow up. Hey, this is what we did for the week. We're going to be going into it. We'll discuss on Monday after I've reviewed everything this weekend, so on and so forth. Now, when it comes to quarterly reviews, that's where you can work with your virtual assistant and say, this is what my goal was. This is where we're at with goal. Because look, goals... They're, they're made, they're made to be hit, but they're also just made to keep you moving forward. Okay. Not everyone's going to hit a goal 100% of the time. And people need to realize that they need to be realistic with their expectations. Right. But that's where every 90 days you can actually sit and identify. And they also need to know where they need to grow. Right. If there's a problem, you know, communicate with them. If there's a problem and you say, Hey, you know, I'm upset. I don't want to move forward anymore. Well, why? No one's going to be able to fix a problem if they don't know what it is. Love it. And, and by the way, we, we've got people asking questions who are on here live. If anyone listening to this is like, I, I wish I could ask questions, jump on with us live, agentpowerhuddle.com every morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, Love 11 it. o'clock Eastern. All right. So here's a question from Michelle. And just, I, I hope you're okay with these questions. I think these are great. No, I, I love questions. I, I'd rather have people ask questions than, than not. Seriously. All right, cool. So, so Michelle has a question, which is when you're hiring, do you create a three-step process or a task to prove they can produce? I'm assuming you're talking about on the the sales side, but maybe you're talking on the back office side, Michelle. I'm actually talking about the back office side, like admin when it comes to creation of maybe some media posts and things like that. That's actually, that is actually more common, Jesse, with creating that. Um, 
I guess it could be on the sales, but no, whenever I have clients that want to do that, it is more on the back office side. So that's a great um, question, Michelle. Awesome. Um, Talk to us about that. Yeah. So you can definitely do that one. They're going to share their portfolio with you. But if you're like, hey, I'd like you to do this task, because that also lets you know the level they're at. It lets you know, are, are they at a beginner? Do you have to spend a little bit more time with them at first? It lets them just come, it lets you just know where they're at and it helps you prepare for what your next steps need to be. If they don't have the background or skills that you need, you can request more, or you can try to find more. If they do and you're like, you know what, this is something I can work with, bam. But what I would look at when, when you ask for these, um, these portfolio examples and everything, I would, one thing I always look for when I, when I interview is the passion people have. Okay. Now, Michelle, I hope that, I mean, it was easy. I hope I answered your question. And if not, I will go on more into the interviewing process, but yes, definitely. There's nothing wrong with asking them to show you the work or to give them like a little task or project. I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. I mean, I, I've I've worked with companies in the past where in the interview process, I mean, it was it was for higher level positions, but they'd want me to put together a presentation and sell them on something or, you know, do research for them and give them um, research about a specific um, product or service. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. I love it. What is the three-step process? Do you, do you know, do you know what that is, Elias? Um, I mean, if you want to share with me for this, what this is regarding, no, I was, I was curious, Michelle, you said, do you create a three-step process? Are you referring to a specific three-step process? So, so, um, I've, you know, been trying to kind of actually do this whole thing. And, um, so I was advised to, you know, have them show you your portfolio, give them a small task when it comes to creating something for you that may be, you know, because their portfolios are often driven to somebody else's work. So like to have them jump through a small hoop and then having them do like a series of tasks in the sense that they can follow directions and, and be very detail oriented because that's very important for a VA. Um, that's kind of what the process I was understanding to kind of have them jump through these small hoops so that they can take direction in a sense. Yeah. I mean, there's, look, there's, there's going to be so many different processes out there. It's whatever one works best for you. Um, I think what it really comes down to though, is um, if you have tasks that you want to have done, you just want to kind of see their background. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, But it's kind of similar, right? They share their portfolio. You can give them a little test as a, as a task to see where they're at and what level. But I mean, I guess that's more of a two-step process at that point. But then the third step would be, yeah, I mean, you could give them more tasks, but um any, any process is going to work. Really what it comes down to is finding someone that works well with you. Okay. And that's why at the interview stage, one thing I always like to do, I look for passion. Um, everyone has their own needs, but you know, one of my favorite questions, I ask people what their hobby is. And when I ask them what their hobby is, it doesn't matter what the role is for. It doesn't matter if it's for admin, it doesn't matter if it's for sales. I want to see how animated they get when they talk about their passion. Okay. Because that also shows me that they're animated, that they're invested in this interview. They're not there just to be there because look, let's face it, that can happen anywhere. Okay. Um, But I mean, I can tell you that when I've also interviewed, for example, VAs in the past, I gave them little scenarios and I said, what would you do in this situation? Okay. But if it's more more of an admin side, maybe you want them to help you with um, composing an email. Okay. Let's just say you wanted them to help you with emailing a client. Okay. And you don't want to give them any script or anything. Just say, Hey, how would you word this? Or what would you do in this situation? You can have like a little template. You can have them fill that out. I don't see any problem with that, but Michelle, you actually hit the hammer on the nail with one thing. And I want to bring that up. You said that when they have their portfolios, they're trying to market it towards one specific person. 
And that's what I'm always trying to tell people is when we give you virtual assistants, we don't want them to just be a certain like level in, in one specific field or one specific um, avenue of real estate. We want it to be so when they come on board with you, yeah, they're a professional. Yeah, they're trained. Yeah, they have a wide array of backgrounds, but now they're with your business and they can adapt to you. So we actually want them not to be in just one little sect. So I like that, that you said that. That's great. Thank you. All right. We got five minutes. Are there any like advanced pro level tips, things we haven't shared that we're like, oh, I really got to let them know about this. Or just things that are. I I would say um, joining communities, you know, um, Virtue Desk says we have a leverage, a leverage by Virtue Desk community. Um, There's a lot of great real estate communities out there where you can just talk about virtual assistants in general. Um, But aside from virtual assistants, just look at team building, focus on team building. What are team building activities that I can do? Because whatever team building activities you have, I mean, outside of, you know, going for drinks or going for lunch, you can apply to a virtual assistant. Okay. Um, Really seeing what's going on. So when I have one-on-ones with my team, um, that's really more where I can kind of find out, hey, what's going on in your personal life? Is there anything that can affect you with your job? Okay. We're all human. Um, Things can happen. But then letting them know, Whenever, whenever I give them the bad, I give them the good too. So if there is something they need improvement on, I'll say, you know what, um, Jesse, I just want to thank you for helping me so much with this. You are so good at that. Um, something I'd like to see improvement on though is this, right? I always got to give the good and the bad. If you just give the bad and say, you know, this is horrible, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect people. And I mean, that's team building 101. I mean, think of how if you were given news, right? You, you would want to have it be delivered to you. Um, I can tell you right now that, um, especially because I had a team member who was a virtual assistant, which in the Philippines, there were certain things that I had to change. And one thing was, um, they have, they're very big on manners over there. Okay. But when I have someone who wants to say, Hey, I, re- I, re- let's see, I respectfully request your presence on a phone call. I had to change that a little bit because I said, you know, it's great. You're so polite. Unfortunately, a lot of Americans here, we don't, we don't really talk like that. Right. So she was doing the right things. I always told my team, it's not what you say, it's, it's how you say it. So she just changed it a little bit. So when, and I saw, and like, I was like reviewing, cause I was reviewing with her, right. This is actually part of our one-on-one. And I saw this email. I was like, Oh no, don't, don't say that. I said, Hey, you know what? Just wanted to, just wanted to find a time for us to connect next week. Are you available Tuesday at 10 AM or Wednesday at 11? Bam. Something simple, but which, it, which probably felt right. culturally so casual to write yes, that and way. That's the but, thing. It's the culture. You have to just. But Ameri- Americans are. We're, 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 I won't say we're, no. we're not into manners, but we are more casual in most of our business yeah. communication than a lot of countries. It's funny because we're casual, I feel like, in the, in the upfront aspect, but then more formal later on, where, you know, other cultures might be more formal or excuse me, more structured up front and then more formal later on. It's just kind of funny how that works. Yeah. And I also want to let people know that. Um, Look, I, I've had great experience with my team in the Philippines. I even had um, that same gentleman I spoke about earlier with 20 years of experience. When I wasn't available, I had him a reflection of me and helped manage Americans when I wasn't around. So I had him at that level in my mindset. I think it's a great way to pull this all together before I wrap up. I mean, truly, they're, whether they are abroad or here, they're all part of your global team. 
Yeah. Like they are human beings. They're part of your team. And it's there's like, it's no matter where they live, you're going to, you're going to work with them the same way you build a team. Anyway. Yeah. We're, we're actually going, I mean, the company, the, the corporate team, we're going to the Philippines next month. So I'm going to be able to meet up with all my team members and everything. And if, if any of you do have VAs with us, who knows, I'll probably meet up with your VAs there as well. It's going to be a, how cool is that? So I love it. I love I, it. I, I love hope it. Jesse, I was able to answer everyone's questions or, I mean, if there's anyone, anything that anyone feels like I, I might've left out or if they'd want more details, I'm serious. Please reach out to me. It's hard for me to give a real detail nitty gritty. If I don't know your business, the best way I can do it. And this is why I call my team consultants is connect with one of my team members or myself. And I'm going to ask you what I basically told Jesse, what are your short-term goals, long-term goals? How do you want to get there? And I'm going to identify ways that you can delegate tasks to grow your business with a virtual assistant. That's the best way I can do it nitty gritty, but it's hard to give a nitty gritty for everyone as a blanket. Um, but yeah, definitely. I'd yeah. love to connect. I, I think this is awesome. And we dropped the link to your website, by the way, in the, uh, in the chat box a few times, if you're listening to the recorded podcast, it'll be with the show notes or in the YouTube post or anywhere. Um, you know, my That's the company that, that he is with. And I mean, you just have such a wealth of knowledge working with, uh, with virtual assistants. I appreciate it, man. I, I love people, man. I love, I love my team. I love helping others. And I think the biggest thing I get out of all this is when I get to go to events, cause we're always traveling around the country. Actually, we're going to be in EXP and Orlando, right? Yeah. Are you going to be there? I, I will be there. All if, right. If, uh, if, if you um, have any other ideas of how we can talk about leverage and go deeper, we rec- respectfully request your presence back on this podcast okay. again. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. I'll put together something. I'll put together something formal and everything. So the next time I do come on, I can share that with everyone. Love it. That sound. All right, guys. I'll do. I hope you guys are as obsessed with leverage as I am because this is how we grow and scale. So Elias, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Everybody have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the agent power huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the agent collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.